0: Welcome back to Quinnipiac University with the score. Merrimack won. Quinnipiac won at the end of two periods. And joining us here, Mike McMahon from the Mac Report, College Hockey News, uh, the Eagle Tribune as well. And Mike, through two periods of play here at Quinnipiac, the Warriors in pretty good shape. of have to able to get at least three points out of this weekend against a pretty good uh, number 12-ranked Quinnipiac Bobcat team. So
1: far, I think, mean, yeah, a good road game, right? Uh, probably not. You know, There have been stretches where they haven't played all that well, but for the most part, you're tied 1-1 going into the third period. I think that's a pretty good road game. I think if you told the locker room or if you told the coaching staff you'd be in this position before the game, it's probably something they would take. 12-5 the shots in the second against, not what they want to see, but the two best chances
0: that they had didn't even result in shots on goal. The- the, uh, the shot by Brian Christie that hit the post on the break from Ben Bai and then also uh, Chris LeBlanc trying to convert a feed from Brett Sini. It was a tough play, I mean, I thought played pretty well by Federico on the Quinnipiac side on the two-on-one, and so the aerial pass from Sini didn't quite connect, but LeBlanc just trying to get a stick on it as much as he could, and it, uh, putting it just wide, so those, you factored that in 12-7, I guess, is a little closer, but uh, opportunities for both teams in that second. Nobody's able to cash in, it looks like it's
1: going to come down to one play here or there. Yeah, absolutely, and Quinnipiac, uh, outshoots teams by a wide margin, generally speaking, even more so in this building. I think they have a shot edge at somewhere around 14 shots a game in this building. So uh, the fact that they've, they've kept it close, and like I said, I think the shots are... A little, Maybe a little misleading here because Merrimack got a couple of chances in the zone that didn't even result in a shot. Uh, I think they're they're in a position to take some points on the road against a really good team. I mean, against a team that's pretty comparable to them in the pairwise and a really good hockey team. So they're, they're in a good shape right now.
0: You know another thing, too. I mean, the coaching staff at Merrimack, they don't want to talk about things like pairwise and whatever. But you got to know that they're looking at it. And this weekend has the potential to have a really big impact. I, mean, I was, Even a tie tonight. That gives them head-to-head against Quinnipiac. And, and the, the way things look, that's a team they're going to be battling with here if they're in position, if they do the things they need to do in the, in the rest of the hockey schedule. Uh, they'd, they'd be battling with a non-league team like Quinnipiac in one of those final spots, perhaps, to make the NCAA tournament.
1: This is a huge game, and, and it's a huge third period. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, we talk about it even back in October. I mean, the games, especially if you're in the NCAA tournament conversation, the games you know from October 10th or whenever the season started on are all big games, and like you said, these teams are so close in the Parawise. Who knows what it's going to look like at the end of the year? We could be sitting here that Saturday night after the hockey's title game's over and saying, "Hey, uh, you, you know what? Here's Merrimack and Quinnipiac. They might be 14-15, uh, right around that. We're right on being one of those last teams selected. This literally, this period could decide that because they're so close in the Parawise. You never know, and if you can flip one comparison, it might be all you need. We I mean, look at North Dakota last year. I think they were one of the. I think they were the actual last at-large team in the tournament. Uh, they got in late because of some action going on in some of those Midwestern champions games, and I'm sure if you're a North Dakota fan, you can look back at that point and try to say, hey, any given point, or if you're the if you're the first team out, any given point over the season, you can look back to one period, one instance, one game, and say that's what us." That was the case a couple years ago for Merrimack too, right? Wasn't it? The year that they just missed it when the year they were number
0: one in the country and then ended up just missing the tournament. I mean, it was so close that I think that any of those other games a, a tie turned into a win or maybe a loss turned into a tie at any point in the season might have been enough to, to put them over the hump and get them in.
1: Yeah, because it was close. I remember that playoffs series with Maine, went to three games, and they, they got that win that second night, which really put them in position. And then even, they were getting all the breaks they needed that next weekend during the championship week, and they were getting everything they needed right up until the end.
0: Yeah, as I remember, in fact, it went right up, I mean, they're crunching the numbers, it went right up until the wire, almost, on that second night. That people thought at first going into the weekend that they were totally out of it, and then the second night, all of a sudden, guess what? They're right back in it, and if certain things happened, and they weren't out of the realm of possibility, then they could end up, uh, could have ended up getting a bid, but you know what? You don't want to be in that position, right? You want to have taken care of business, done the things
1: that you should do during the season so that uh, when you get down to that point,
0: it, it's not left to chance.
1: Yeah, and I can think of the same thing Northeastern last year. They were in it right towards the end. I think they were one of the first teams out. Uh, you know, it comes, every period is important. And like I said, if you're in this conversation, if you're in this NCAA tournament talk, really, I mean, from day one, your games are important because one loss can throw you off track.
0: All right, two things I want to touch on with you uh, recruiting and then Boston College, that game coming up on Wednesday. So let's talk recruiting. First of all, let's talk about some of the guys, especially guys coming in next year. How are they doing this year and, and uh, who can we look forward to seeing next year? Uh, especially, uh, you know, you look at the impact that this class has made this year at Merrimack. I talked about it with Matt Tibbett between periods, but such a large freshman class and, uh, and to a man, just about everybody has made a significant impact. Uh, can we look forward to that next year?
1: I think so. I mean, at least on paper, that's what it looks like. Uh, the highlight of the class is, is Matt Fogett so far, anyway. I mean, this is what it looks like. He's a 97 forward out of the uh, Gloucester Rangers. He's an Ontario kid. It's going to be the second straight year that Merrimack's brought in an 18-year-old freshman. Brett Sini was 18 when he came in this year. Uh, before Brett Cini, you had Joe Canata. He came in as an 18-year-old goaltender. I believe uh, before Cini, the last time they had an 18-year-old skater was Jeff Caron, who was a defenseman who came in, I believe, in the 2003 season. So it's been a while. They're going to have two 18-year-old freshmen that come in in a row. Matt Fogut, so far, in 43 games this season uh, in the CCHL, has got 54 points, eight goals, 30, uh, 18 goals, 36 assists. Uh, another guy's defenseman, a big guy. I think he's 6'3", 6'4". Ethan Spaxman, he's a 96. He's playing for Waterloo in the USHL. He's got seven points in 15 games. You'll see him. I think he's on the NHL Central scouting list for the draft coming up this summer. Uh, he's on a lot of radars because a big defenseman. NHL, NHL teams love big defensemen that can move and move the puck, and, and that's what Ethan Spaxman in, uh, is. And then uh, also uh, Luke Big Larson, who's Alfred Larson's brother. He's a, a 95 forward. He's This is his first year, I believe it's his first year playing in North America playing for Lone Star in the North American Hockey League, 33 points in 27 games. So they, They've got some guys that have been scoring points at the junior level. Uh, very rarely, I think, do you see guys who weren't scorers in juniors become scorers in college hockey. It doesn't always translate that you're, if you're a scorer in the junior level, you're a scorer in the co- college level, but very rarely do you see guys who don't score in juniors start to score in college. And They've got a few guys coming in here next year that have scored at the junior level. All right, In Boston College on Wednesday, the Warriors go down there. It's a television game, but
0: one of the things that scares me about B.C., this is the time of year that they usually start putting it all together. And you look at their win over Boston University, four goals, I, all four goals from younger players on the roster. I mean, they're a cl- club where the younger players r- really are the key for them. So uh, as younger play- players tend to be more inconsistent, maybe that has a lot to do with the inconsistency of B.C. this year. But if these guys are putting it all together at the right time, I mean, yeah, who knows what could happen. That could be a tough game Wednesday
1: night. They could. You know, I still like their D. I said to John last night, I, I think Badger Demko, as good as he is, and as much as people talk about him, is still one of the most underrated players in the league. Uh, I like their D. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year. They get Steve Santini back now, who they've missed for almost all season. Uh, you add that to McCaution and... Uh and Mike Matheson. I mean, their, their D is, is very, very good. I'm not sure they have the depth of forward that they've had in, in years past, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's still B.C. They're going to find a way to score some goals. It's just a matter of, can, can you get the pucks through that D, and can you get the pucks past that for Denver? Because not many times people do.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Mike. Great job last night on the call. Great job tonight. We appreciate it, and uh,
1: thanks for the ride
0: down, too. We'll talk to you again
1: soon. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks.
0: All right. Mike McMahon's been with us from the Eagle Tribune, the MacReport.com, and Also, college hockey news. We'll be back with more right after this. Our score at the end of two periods, Merrimack 1, Quinnipiac 1. Back with more after this. This is Warrior Hockey.